welcome to the second week of the marketing awards uh if you didn't hear part one basically we went through some of the best marketing tactics of the year the biggest marketing story the biggest political story uh biggest winners and the biggest losers of 2020 uh if you haven't checked it out i recommend going back and checking out part one but for part two we've brought them back we have chanel mcfarlane she is tedx speaker uh she speaks to organizations colleges and universities and community groups on personal branding and career strategy uh welcome back to the podcast chanel thank you happy to be back and we also have Michael Bates. He is a digital marketing and content expert. He has previously worked for MTV Canada, Campbell's Canada, and most recently, Steam Whistle Brewing. Welcome back, Michael. Thank you very much. And of course, I'm uh, participating in this as well. I am the host and founder of Content Talks Toronto and uh, marketing the Marketing Talks podcast. I am also a digital marketer at the law firm Smart Bigger. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us again. Um, we're, we're all pretending this has been a week. <laughs> <laughs> really we're just powering through i'm, I'm breaking the full fall <laughs> but uh i i gotta say i think this is going extremely well i'm really excited to go for our next one which is worst marketing tactic obviously we we finished off with best marketing tactic uh which mm-hmm. ended up being insta slide decks uh which is very much a 2020 theme so let's see what came out at worst marketing tactic and uh for this i said anything that made you roll your eyes or worse made you embarrassed to be a marketer and uh we're gonna start with chanel on this one. Oh, okay i'm ready to dive into this one so my <laughs> shortlist starts off actually with uh the platform medium of course and their publishing platform and they unveiled another rebrand and I'm not sure kind of what's going on over there. I mean, I love Medium. I think there's some really great quality content on there, but I never really understand the point of why they just keep rebranding and having a new logo. It just makes no sense to me. So I think from a marketing perspective, it just I'm always just boggled by why, why they're doing that. Um, and then the second would be, uh, I believe it was a TikTok video from Toronto Mayor uh, John Tory to sort of showcase the public health guidelines. It was pretty cringeworthy if you haven't seen it. I mean, I know the point was to communicate, stay safe during COVID, but it didn't land well. And I know there was quite a bit of criticism, especially on Twitter about this ad. Um, But my last and also the winner is uh, Gap's tweet after the US election. And so the morning after the election, uh, they tweeted a video of a blue and red sweater being zipped up the middle. And they had this caption that said, the one thing we know is that together we can move forward. Of course, as we know, the election was a lot longer than we uh, would have liked. Um, and I think obviously people um, weren't feeling really great uh, the morning after the election. And they just really didn't read the room. Um, and they eventually pulled uh, the tweet just because they got so much backlash. It just was not the time for that. Um, and so they're they're definitely the winner uh, for just not uh, really, again, just reading the room and just not having something uh, that really fit what people were were thinking at that time. Just needed to wait a couple of days. What's going on? Yeah, like there was just one of those things where just you're just too quick. You just wanted to jump on it, just had to add to the noise. And like to go back to what you were saying before, Michael, like in terms of just being quiet, I think they would have benefited from that, but they just had to hit publish. And of course that's what happened, so. You also know that that was definitely planned ahead of time. So they thought the election would be called and it was just the most middle of the, the yes. you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Everyone always promotes, like, I always get these marketing platforms and I'm like, and you can schedule your social media. I'm like, when are we ever doing that? (laughs) No, no, yeah. Um, Yeah, uh, yeah, that was a weird feeling. I didn't know how to feel that day. 
<laughs> so, oh, me either. <laughs> just like doom scrolling on social media, like, okay, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. All right, Michael, what do you got? Uh, so for worst marketing tactics, the first one I have is uh, McDonald's splitting its arches. Uh, there was a ad in Brazil, I believe it was, where McDonald's to talk about uh, keeping distance, uh, put a space in between its two arches. And it caused a bit of a stir because they weren't paying their minimum wage essential workers, or sorry, they weren't paying their essential workers minimum wage. And, um, you know, it just felt very inauthentic and, and you're trying to promote this, but then your business tactics are almost counter to. Um, so that's in my short list, uh, as well as I had to, of course, bring in a Super Bowl ad that was a bit of a fail for me. And it was the planters baby nut. Uh, if you remember the, the yes, awful, awful, yeah, <laughs> it just, again, is one of those that was a victim of the time that they brought it to market and the activation of it. It, it, it was a bit of a flop. Um, so essentially they made a funeral for the Mr. Peanut character or Mr. Oh. Planter character. And, uh, this was about three weeks after, uh, Kobe Bryant's plane crash. So it, it just, it felt very poor timing, poor timing. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I but ultimately, did... my, my winner, sorry, my winner oh, sorry. was, uh, this is going to be a little controversial, probably, but um, all of the black and white, what I refer to as Sarah McLaughlin-esque ads that came out, I think it felt at some point that it was inauthentic and you saw every single ad using stock photos of people in a hospital and, and all of these things. And, and yes, you need to communicate as a brand, but I think it's about doing it authentically. So there was what I found really interesting. There was a, a, a mock ad that actually came out calling out all of these ads that were just slow motion, black and white. We're here for you, but no real call to action. No, no real, um, driving force about what businesses were doing. So it was just talking for the sake of talking. Um, and it resonated so much more than all of the brands that were trying to, to work in that type of ad asset. That's a good one. And I'm seeing it mm -hmm. a lot now, like actually um, YouTube just brought out uh, like a video and it was like, it's been a tough year. And I'm like, oh, I'm over it. <laughs> like as soon as you see mm -hmm. that, I'm like, I'm done. Uh, yeah. I don't want to hear about it. I know it's been a tough year. I don't want to hear about it anymore. In, in brackets, I yeah. had uh, unprecedented times. Oh like that God, just yes. became the yes. line, <laughs> the line. That might come up oh. next. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, this one was uh, <laughs> for me, my, for my short list. Um, I had Blackout Tuesday. And it's weird to me because I don't actually think this was a bad idea, but just how it, it ended up being a whole conversation about whether it was a good idea and it just kind of got overtaken by this conversation of like, oh, we shouldn't be doing, oh, we should be doing, oh, we shouldn't be doing. I'm just like, that whole thing just got messy uh, mm -hmm. for me. But I ended up putting, posting in favor of Black Lives Matters, but having an all white leadership team. Uh, you were just asking for trouble at that point. Mm -hmm. and I saw so many companies get dragged on LinkedIn with just a screenshot of their executive team page. Um, you know, put your house in order if you're going to try and uh, post messages like that um, is what I came down to. But I actually did struggle for this one. I thought this would be a more obvious uh, category for me. But when I actually sat down to do it, I, I did actually struggle. But it looks like we, we went three-way tie on this one. Mm -hmm. 
the next one is most annoying marketing tactic. Uh, so this one's a little bit different. Um, I, I basically left this up to be more discretionary, but it could be annoying as a consumer um, or annoying to, uh, as someone, you know, it's, it's kind of against marketing practices or like either or. Um, it doesn't have to be a 2020 tactic either. It'd just be something that increased in 2020. Um, and I basically have, I've got it down to two for this one. My short list, I have cheap Facebook ads. I'm seeing so mm. many ads for dropshippers or just outright fake uh, branding brands that are out there. Like I keep getting uh, like uh, Patagonia jackets for like 20 bucks. And I'm like, it's clearly not real. <laughs> like, it's a Patagonia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, how is this allowed? And it, to me, it's like, do I want to be advertising next to that? I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, but my winner, especially at the start of the pandemic was Squarespace ads. I got so annoyed every time I was on YouTube, Ooh. I got an influencer telling me about squarespace and it was free on rotation and it was like that i don't know if you guys got them the same maybe because i'm in mm -hmm. digital marketing i got more of them but it's like i can tell you about me and squarespace together i heard that <laughs> line so many times i got so annoyed at it and i basically created this category to drag that ad There's my winner. <laughs> michael good to know good to know the catalyst for this this uh oh, yeah. this topic oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what vendor so relation is next? <laughs> I, I went a little, a little more, I don't want to say petty, but very specific with this. Um, I, I for my, <laughs> for my short list, I had, um, I've, I've definitely increased this year in different games that I'm playing. I, on my phone, uh, and what I've noticed through it is the in-app ads that come up. There's no consistency in where buttons uh, for like closing down the ads are you kind of have to chase around where that X is after watching the five second clip and this mix of like is there audio is there no audio uh, it's been very annoying um, also pop-ups on landing pages this drives me bonkers if you are driving mm -hmm. someone to a landing page it's because you were showing them specific content and then to have a pop-up that just visually breaks everything up why why um and then this one is 100%. And then again, it, it goes almost back to that in-app ad thing where I personally, whenever I go to the pages like that and things happen, I just search for that X of how to close something down and I can't close it fast enough. I also think um, pop-ups need to disappear because GDPR has taken over that pop-up. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's annoying enough. Of course, we have to have it, sure. But like to have two of them, yes. get rid of it. Um, my other, sh my last short list is, uh, again, this one's just very specific, but emojis in email titles, it, it always comes off a little childish to me. Uh, and I think the reason that I find it most annoying is because it actually works, uh, sadly. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, it's one of those things where I, every time that I've had to do a title and I put a emoji in, I'm always just like, oh God, it's like losing a piece of my soul. But again, if it works, it works. Uh, but lastly, sorry, my winner is just speaking on every topic and non-authentic action. Action. Uh, I specifically called out Blackout Tuesday. So this this idea of being quiet, um, you, you mentioned it earlier, Michael. And uh, I think it, it, it is the most annoying marketing tactic that brands felt constantly in need of speaking on every single action as it happened rather than letting things happen outside of their ether 
ethos, I guess. I agree. I'm changing my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Chanel? Yeah, well, I agree uh, with both of you. That was definitely my winner. I'll say as, you know, as a Black woman, it was just so annoying to me because it just felt so performative. Um, What has happened this year, obviously, there's been all the protests, there's been um, of course, we've seen like the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. But what has happened this year hasn't been new. And so to get the constant emails and the social media posts and the Black Squares and the Blackout Tuesday, mm-hmm. I honestly just rolled my eyes and I wanted to just log off the internet for the rest of the year. Because <laughs> I'm like, I, <laughs> I just don't get why now. Why is this so important? We've been going through this for years and years and years. And so that was 100% my winner. Um, but in terms of my shortlist, and I love that we're getting petty because now I can be petty and sort of bend on the things that really <laughs> annoy me. Uh, so first would be the sort of free masterclass bait and switch. And so obviously this year, there's been a huge rise of online courses, everybody wanting to monetize their knowledge. And I love, you know, consuming online courses, signing up for masterclasses and webinars and things like that. But the one thing that I cannot stand is when you sign up for the class it's great you get some great knowledge just to at the end be bombarded with whatever their real thing that they're trying to promote or sell um and for me i think some of the ones that i've encountered have just left me feeling really icky it's like oh you have to buy this now and if you uh, here's this deal that's going to expire in five hours and buy this and then you get a million emails afterwards like every second just saying hey sign up for this sign up for this and just for me i just find it super frustrating and so that's number one. And then number two would be automated LinkedIn requests. I've been getting so many requests mm. from people and you can tell that they're using some sort of service to just add connections. Um, and so for me, I just find the most annoying thing and it's an immediate decline for me. Um, so that was definitely uh, my second one on the list. Oh, I forgot about the LinkedIn spam. Yeah, I, had that, I remember thinking that um, a few weeks ago. It was like, oh, yeah. that's, it's that's so it. annoying. And, and that's why it. now we're seeing we're seeing people, of course, add in emojis in their LinkedIn name because that's a great way for you to see if someone is using that automated service. Because if the note says, "Dear, you know, smiley face," it's obviously really clear it's not a human writing that message. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just I can't stand it. So that had to go on the list. <laughs> I just hate it. Like it's con like. I think I had five this week of just like, want a free yeah. website? Like, can we talk about your business? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we can't actually. <laughs> and it's, it's hard for me too, because I have like, that I'm a founder of Content Talks. Um, so it's oh just, no. Yeah. Oh. It, 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 they love it. <laughs> it automatically picks up and they're like, ooh, you make decisions. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Why well, you do? I just don't have money. Uh, <laughs> no. All right, this one is one of my favorite awards. It's the Oh Yeah Award. Um, basically, it was something that was uh, meant to be a big deal for marketers, but just kind of came and went. And uh, I kind of threw in some previous examples, uh, like Vero. That was a mm-hmm. social media platform that was popular for a week, like a few years ago, because it was not going to do any of the privacy issues that Facebook had. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we went. And uh, we'll go with your shortlist, Michael. Great. Uh, so the first one I have was uh, sales, Salesforce buying Slack. Uh, I feel like it was going to be this big change and like Salesforce was going to blow up this year, but ultimately they uh, uh, did not. Uh, but that was one of them. Uh, the other was Facebook messaging amalgamation. So I think when that came out, especially in the social sphere, everyone was like, oh, like all of the things are going to be connected. What's it going to be? What's going to happen? Um, and, and also I think from 
my perspective, I was like, oh gosh, is this going to be the line that draws Facebook to Instagram? And then Instagram users are going to start leaving that platform finally. Um, but it didn't really have that much effect. But my my ultimate winner was, uh, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it properly, Quibi, the uh, short form video platform. So it it was supposed to like break through and and change the way that consumers were consuming media. Uh, But I also think it was just a bit of a comeuppance of the year where people were probably more likely to be consuming long form content this year uh, than the like under 10 minute that that Quibi was trying to sell. I just think it's a complete misunderstanding of how people consume content. Like mm-hmm. I personally, and this is pre-COVID, like I like long form form videos and I don't watch it on my phone. I stream it too for with my Chromecast. Mm-hmm. So well, did you ever hear of the app uh Black Pill? No. So I I think Black Pill was a very similar concept. It was short form content, uh different videos, episodic, uh, all like under 10, 15 minutes. Uh, but it was much more in the vein of like a Vimeo. Uh, so it wasn't necessarily like high polished content. Whereas I think Quibi went to, to try and compete with Netflix. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, I just think there was a bit of disconnect there and, and really what black pill did really well for, for me personally, as a, a viewer was it, felt like it was empowering storytellers that wouldn't have the platform or avenue of a Netflix. So it felt more like indie, like independent film channel style content. Whereas Quibi just went right for big names that I can watch instead of watching a 10 minute clip of them on your app, I can watch on Netflix that I already have a subscription to. I, I wonder where it ranks as far as flops go because the amount of money that they must have sunk into it because the amount of ads I saw for it, the Ooh. amount of uh, dollars spent on the content creation. Because, yeah, there was some big names I was seeing mm-hmm. there. There was TV show, like, I'm a big Reno 911 fan. I, like, after they had already died, found out they had relaunched on Quibi. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, I, I was looking at articles on this. And, again, don't quote me on numbers but I believe it was somewhere in the realm of they spent one point some odd million or billion very different numbers but someone yeah it was something outrageous I remember I think seeing that as well yeah it was it was ridiculous (laughs) yeah revenue back for the first little bit was 325 I guess it would be million at that point uh so it was like very lossless or very lossful I think Tumblr is still a bigger mm-hmm. loss. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, that one uh that one just was weird. I also just I don't think they described what it was well. Like no. I kept seeing mm-hmm. ads for it, but I didn't know what it like is it like in like Instagram live? Like I didn't know what it was. So I think that was um, the, the other thing with it is I I played around with it once it first launched and I was served a 30 second ad on a 10 minute piece of content. I was like, what, what is happening? It was vertical, luckily, it was vertical. But uh, I was like, this, like, if you do that breakdown of ad time to video time, it's it's insane. Yeah. Considering now I get like four ads on YouTube for a two minute clip. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to annoying marketing tactics. Yeah. Chanel, what'd you have for the? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I had uh, Fleets. 
Uh, I feel like when it first came out, everyone was like, okay, like this may be a thing, which is of course is the stories on Twitter, but I don't hear anything about them anymore. I don't know if there's many people using them. So that had to go on the list. Um, and then also LinkedIn stories and Instagram reels. I mean, I think every platform now is trying to create their version of stories. And mm. I think for the most part, it's been a bit of a flop. But I think the major winner, unfortunately, even though I really love LinkedIn, has been LinkedIn stories. I mean, I feel like it just, as you kind of described the category, just came and went. I don't see them being heavily adopted I felt as though it'd be a huge opportunity for B2B marketers. Um, and then also just from a job seeker perspective, I thought of it as being really awesome, but now I'm not so sure about it. So, yeah. That, that's fair. I, I mean, I'm, so my short list, I, I had TikTok being banned, um, mm-hmm. came mm-hmm. and went. Uh, and I, know, I know it's still going for the courts, but we'll see. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I did have Fleets down as my short list, but I actually think Fleets... Uh, does have a hope. I think that it's too early to tell. I think for Twitter, it makes a lot of sense because uh, mm-hmm. it is short term anyway. Um, I also think it's, it's like it's one to an audience compared to LinkedIn where it's like kind of one-to-one. Um, I think the LinkedIn version just made no sense to me, especially this year. I think maybe if uh, I was going to conferences and I could be posting mm-hmm. from the conference, then there might be a hope, but I also like I use LinkedIn a lot, and there's been I haven't clicked on one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something exactly. about that user experience that just makes me not want to click it. Um, yeah. So I don't. I think that's should go, and I, I think LinkedIn needs to stop trying to be another social network. I think <laughs> they've got the balance right now, but it's it's tipping, and um, I don't think they should push further into it because I think you'll you'll lose a lot of people because I like LinkedIn because it's not like Facebook. I actually think it's mm-hmm. quite positive. It's, you know, seeing a lot of political stories on there, although it, it was getting a little that way. Um, but also, I mean, my winner was House Party. Ooh. Oh. And, Ooh, ah, okay. see? Made you see, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, when this launched, I thought it was going to be big. I thought, like, this is perfect timing. They have figured exactly what we need right now. Uh, I even tried to look for stock. Um, Ooh, yeah. I'm like, I feel like this is jumping in when, like before TikTok gets big. Um, Luckily, you didn't find any. No, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> turns out I don't know the stock market at all. Um, yeah, it just, I don't know what happened. I feel like maybe um, the whole idea of just jumping in and chatting with people, eventually we got Zoom fatigue as well. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened. What happened to people? so yeah house party is my oh yeah so well looks like three-way tie we had we we had uh fleets and house party uh moving along we got best social media platform personal so Mm -hmm. uh so for this one it's about the best platform to to build your brand or or to network with so uh compared to the brand one which we'll do later so uh being that this is the brand one uh personal brand one uh, let's go to the personal brand expert chanel okay so my short list of course i always have to give a shout out to one of my favorite which is linkedin 
I spent a lot of time on the platform. I think it's really great. And then I also had to say Instagram Live. And I think this year, seeing a lot more of it, especially uh, earlier in the lockdown, um, I think also in particular, there's been a lot of uh, Black creators that have really stood out there. So I know in the beginning, uh, there was a DJ, uh, DJ D-Nice, I believe his name was, who launched Club Quarantine and was doing these really mm -hmm. awesome mixes and had everyone from Michelle Obama to all these big stars really jumping in. So I really love that. Um, and then we also seen um, the Verses, which is that music event launched by rapper Swiss Beats as a way for two musicians to sort of battle with their greatest hits. And that, of course, also happened on Instagram Live. Uh, so I feel as though it was a tie for me. So it was Instagram Live, definitely. I think it really did a great job of bringing people together and almost like this sense of community over, over music. Uh, but then also Twitter. I think for me, I was never the biggest Twitter fan before this year, but I think, again, just having more time, being at home. Um, I, I've also been on mat leave during 2020, so I just have a lot of time uh, late at night just kind of scrolling through Twitter, and I just think it's been really great personally for my brand to just get my ideas across. I've been able to get some great opportunities. So from a personal perspective, um, I'd also have to say Twitter was a good winner for me too. And Michael? Yeah, so my shortlist is, is very similar. I have Twitter and Instagram on a shortlist as well as Medium. Um, the winner for me, hands down, was LinkedIn, though. I think it, it is such a, especially if you're looking specifically toward that, that network and branding, uh, being able to connect to people that way, uh, LinkedIn is, is the winner for me. Uh, for me, obviously, the shortlist is always going to be somewhere, although I did like Medium. I didn't pick that one. Mm -hmm. um, I had Instagram. I, I, I've seen a lot of people now kind of switch out to being more of a uh, branding uh, experience and not in the influencer way, more in the I keep connections with my uh, network way. Um, Twitter, I had also, I'm not a huge fan of Twitter personally, but I I know people I'm speaking to, uh, it's kind of had a resurgence this year. I think three years ago, it was kind of dead in the water. Um, people had seen it drop quite significantly, but it definitely seems to have come back. I also put TikTok in here. Um, I interviewed a few people, especially Erin Berry, if anyone wants to go listen to that episode where she promotes building your will on TikTok. And the fact that she's found a way to kind of use it to build her brand, I thought was really interesting. Uh, but the ultimate winner for me was LinkedIn as well. I think it just keeps growing um, and growing. It's particularly the last four years, I want to say it has not stopped growing. Um, and I, it's just been such a grateful way for me to connect with people in more than just that I'm going to follow and like you, like I comment, I, this is usually LinkedIn is usually the way I get my podcast guests as well, um, or find inspiration. Like I'll see someone post uh, a topic and I'll be like, that would make a great episode. I can reach out to them about it. Uh, so definitely LinkedIn is, is the winner for me. And with mm -hmm. two votes, it wins the category. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and moving on to best social media platform for your brand or company. Um, so again, this is for companies you work with. Uh, you know, where, where are you seeing the best results in 2020 or at least the biggest growth, I guess? Uh, and we'll start with Michael. Yeah, so obviously LinkedIn is, is right up there. Uh, when I was looking at this, I... I kind of broke it down into different pieces. So the audience that you're going to get on LinkedIn is very different than other other channels. So I think it's a bit of an underserviced channel that a lot of brands could be focusing more on. Um, but there's also a very you like specific way that you need to do that. I've seen a lot of brands that try and put their you know pithy content from 
Instagram or from TikTok onto LinkedIn. And it just feels very out of left field. And you're like, that shouldn't be here. Like this is, this is not what this is for. Uh, Facebook is also on the short list. Instagram, obviously you're going for audience there. But for me, honestly, the winner is TikTok. If you want to be relevant and, and specifically to uh, up and coming consumers, to the Gen Z consumer uh, that has a lot of money to spend, then that is where you should be uh, looking for a win. And if you can win that now, you'll be solid for the next couple of years. Good answer. Chanel? Mm-hmm. So because I've been working in the employment branding space for the last few years, I have to say LinkedIn uh, was the winner for me. Uh, and I think it's been really interesting in this year in particular uh, to see how companies have been shifting in terms of recruiting talent. So I know I've been seeing a lot of companies try to use LinkedIn for sort of virtual recruiting, uh, doing LinkedIn lives, doing uh, some virtual conferences, even through the platform. Um, but also we've seen a lot of CEOs and execs um, and even just uh, other teams as well within companies really leveraging thought leadership uh, as a way to build uh, an audience around the company and as a way to attract talent into the company. Um, and so I would say LinkedIn uh, is the is winner for me. And then I guess the short list would be, would be Twitter and Instagram, but LinkedIn being number one. Yeah, and I think for me, I think, yeah, what you mentioned about TikTok uh, makes sense. And it definitely made my short list, but I, I don't think I've seen enough brands win it to, to consider it the winner. Um, I think Instagram uh, continues to grow and become more important. And I think I probably use Instagram more than I use Facebook currently. Uh, Facebook is out. Uh, I didn't. Three years ago when I launched Content Talks, I didn't even bother creating a page at the time and I created a group, but even the group I feel like is it's really hard to get anyone to view anything on it or engage on anything. Um, where I put all my energy um, is LinkedIn and, and that's gonna be my ultimate winner. I think, for, no, no, I'm, I, I am in the B2B space as well with a law firm. We, the, the amount of growth we've seen on LinkedIn just purely organically we don't spend any money on it it's always triple digits seem to be every year and that was my previous role as well at the travel magazine we also saw triple digit growth every year um and for content talks i definitely get the best reception when it comes to linkedin um i also you know as you talked about having the ceos the executives out there i remember when i spoke with uh, adam from ogilvy uh, on a podcast he mentioned that was probably the biggest theme he had seen uh, mm-hmm. in the first few months of COVID as well. So I think that's made it a, a bigger platform. Um, so yeah, for me, it, it's definitely LinkedIn as well. So it takes away two categories. Mm-hmm. Winner again, y'all. Yeah. Winner. All right, moving on. Favorite marketing tool. Uh, so what's made your life easier in the last year? Uh, what has helped you help market what has helped you marketing the most all right i'm just gonna start again this is not (laughs) what has made your life easier in the last year it could be for advertising creating reporting analyzing you choose and uh we'll start with chanel Mm -hmm. so my short list uh first i'd have to say uh the app on um so that's u-n-u-m so that's for sort of instagram feed design you can lay things out before you actually post it's a tool that i really love I can just as soon as I have my post created I can move things around and just ensuring that my feed is visually appealing so I really love that um, and then second I would say podcasts I think obviously it's been a really great way to get your name out there and position yourself as a subject matter expert so 
had to give a shout out to that. Um, but the winner for me is Canva. Um, I became a pro member this year and I really wish that I did it sooner. It is a game changer for creating marketing assets. And with the pro plan, they have, of course, the magic resize tools. So you can just design it once, modify it for other platforms. They have really great presentation deck templates, um, just some really great, awesome features. So for me, that's definitely um, the tool that I love the most this year. Michael? Yeah, so I, I went some some obvious ones for my short list. I have obviously Facebook Pixel. I think that has proven itself, especially this year where everything's changing into e-com. Uh, it's, it's importance over and over again. Uh, I have MailChimp as well, um, as well as a, a program that I use a lot called Asana. It's essentially project management. And I know it's going a little bit uh, into the... the uh, boring side of marketing, if you will, but having that project management piece uh, makes for such an efficient uh, go to action plan. So Asana is a big one, but my winner ultimately is actually Unfold. Uh, so being able to create that story content um, right inside your app and they launched this year Unfold for Brands, uh, where you can actually load in your specific uh, brand fonts uh, and have everything set up. So if you're designing something, you can do it so nimbly and kind of going back to what I was talking about uh, previously around this year has really been a year of like immediacy and innovation and, and speaking uh, quickly, but uh, doing it, you know, kind of putting the power in your hand to be able to create those assets as quickly as possible uh, was a great tool. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for me, my, uh, I'm, I'm a short list, I put AREFs. Um, if you're into SEO at all, it's a really fun tool to play with and uh, you can really deep dive into it. Although I will say it is a complicated tool. It's not incredibly intuitive, but um, I, I do enjoy really going into it. But my winner too was also Canva. That thing is amazing. Mm, um, it's amazing. <laughs> like, it's so easy to pick up. It's so intuitive. Um, it's cheap. My God, is yeah. it cheap? <laughs> like it's like 150 <laughs> for the year. Like it's insane. I know. Um, we were just like doing our accounts. It's like, here's our email program, like 15K. <laughs> and here's our like program that we can use every single day for every promotion we do. And it's 150 for the year. Um, and it's like, I typically in the like previous to this year, before we use Canva, I would do all of the uh, marketing materials and InDesign. And I was the only one who really could use it. Uh, now everyone can jump into Canva uh, and create something really quickly and really nice. I do worry it's going to create everyone kind of creating the same look and aesthetic because it kind mm -hmm. of makes you go that route. But, um, you know, for the meantime, it's a brilliant tool and it gives a lot of good inspiration too. So, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely got to give it up to Canva. It's an Australian company too, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Giving love to Australian Canada and these awards so far. Um, this one's going to be a little tougher, I think, for everyone. It's the least favorite marketing tool and obviously we've you know we don't want to annoy too many vendors but um i'm gonna start and my one is linkedin's api uh the mm. amount of tools uh i get for like hey uh link up your social media apis and you can get all the stats and i'm like well what stats we need is when our employee advocate shares a post and we want to see how many impressions that gets like you do mm -hmm. for twitter like you do for facebook they will not give it up uh and everyone just says it's because linkedin's api does not play nice with any other tools so uh it's a huge frustration point for me uh, not being able to get those stats and proof 
prove our ROI. So I'm putting on link LinkedIn's API. Anyone else have anything? I know this is a struggle for some of Ooh, us. Yeah, I think for me, if this counts, it's sort of the new UX for Instagram. I know they've really shifted around that navigation panel at the bottom to add in the shop tab. Um, and it's a little bit more complicated now to add a post in the story. And I just find mm -hmm. every time I go onto Instagram, I'm pausing, like it, I'm struggling to figure it out. I'm like, how do I do this? Uh, so I don't really know what the logic was behind that, but I'm just, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I, I'm kind of the same. I, looking over my list, I realized that I really just ripped through Facebook for this. The short list <laughs> is uh, Instagram's closed API. I agree. It's similar to what you were saying with uh, LinkedIn, Michael. It, I just find it so frustrating at times trying to link up and get stats about it. And as we've even said uh, through this talk, like Instagram is, is a growing channel and, and, continues to be a great avenue to double down on. So not being able to get those really rich insights, it's like, come on. Um, also the new, I put new Facebook interface because uh, they just launched a full new. Um, oh, it's terrible. Front. It's, it's <laughs> awful. It, it, I don't know. It actually seems reminiscent to Pinterest for me. When I look at it, it, it looks like they've mm -hmm. almost tried to take that aesthetic. Um, so it's interesting, you know, Facebook tried to like lead the way for a while and now it looks like they're trying to copy. Um, as another, like, I don't know if it's necessarily a tool, I guess it's actually more of a tactic, but I cannot stand nonsensical and non-logical based retargeting. Uh, the amount of times where you look at one item and then it follows you around for three or four times and you're like, I, especially right now in holiday season, I'm like, that was not for me. Like I was, I was looking for someone else. Um, that I find I, very. I want to add a point to that. Like, I demographics is such an easy one. When I get an ad for women's clothing, I just don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just like that's such it's such a waste of money. Like, don't, like I don't understand it. Uh, same with email, kind of like particularly from mm -hmm. a large company. Like, I'll get, yes. Like, I think the Club Monaco is the worst. Yeah, I'm like, mm. you know, I'm a male. Um, like, mm -hmm. this my is a really easy one. Yeah. <laughs> like, anyway, sorry. There you go. My, my, ultimately, my biggest winner though was uh, this is just kind of continual, but uh, Instagram's in-app reporting and the no desktop version. So yeah. it just it's so bad. I know that they they launched a little bit more of an integrated uh, desktop reporting uh, through is it Creative Studio, I believe. Uh, but still, it's just like give me more than the last seven days. Like let me look at legacy content um, through your channel. Uh, it's, it's very frustrating. So I'm going to combine these and call it social media reporting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is the winner. Is this our last one? I, I think, think we're on our last, last one. one. Oh, yeah. This is sad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so our last category is favorite marketing resource. So this could be newsletter, website, podcast, uh, event, or social media, etc. Um, oh, I didn't actually pick who we're going to go for this one. Oh, I guess I'll go first. Um, <laughs> I said my own podcast, obviously. Um, not because it's a great resource, but because I get to interview, uh, obviously, you know, great marketing minds. So for me, it's been a great uh, asset. Um, I love the eMarketer podcast. I probably listen to them the most um, for my own knowledge. Uh, DigiDay as well. Uh, I'll give them a, a mm -hmm. shout out. Uh, but my winner is actually my LinkedIn feed. Mm -hmm. um, 
the amount of tips, small tidbits of information or uh, shared articles or just experiments that people are commenting on, I, I get a lot of value from that. So uh, that was my winner. Um, let's go with Michael. Yeah. So my short list, I, I, how could I not include content talks in it? Exactly. Um, yeah. So that's in there. Uh, I also have strategy online, ad age, um, but ultimately my winner um, was die line. So it's not necessarily specifically marketing. Uh, it's, it's much more about design and packaging, but I think they've shifted a lot recently to talk about innovation uh, and, and marketing innovation through packaging and design. Uh, and I think, uh, Michael, you and I had had a conversation previously about this as well. Like, I, I'm, I'm more interested to hear what everyone else is saying for their answers, because I, I find it a little hard to have that, that go-to resource specifically for marketing. Um, and I, I actually struggled with this one a little bit to be like, okay, well, that kind of focuses on like advertising and cool, this agency now has this business, but like, I want to know logic. I want to know tactics. I want to know uh, that more so. Yeah, no, I'll, uh, we'll, let's see what Chanel has first. Yeah, we'll, we'll I, I agree with that sentiment. I found it a little bit challenging. I'll say, so my list starts off with the Social Media Week conference. I went to it a few years ago and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great mix of uh, sort of practical, sort of hands-on workshops, uh, but also sort of those high level talks. Um, and they also have a great site uh, and newsletter and blog as well. So I find that I turn to them uh, as a resource. And then I'll also say the later media newsletter, because I feel like they're one that I actually don't uh, delete right away once they get in my inbox. And they do a great job of really staying on the pulse of social media updates. Uh, they also have LaterCon, which is sort of their free social media conference. And I participated in that this year and thought it was really great. So yeah, I think it'd be a tie for me between sort of social media week, uh, later media. I really love your answer as well, Michael, in terms of the LinkedIn feed. I think I, I get some great content there. Um, so yeah, so I say a tie between those three for me. Yeah, no, and I didn't feel like we'd have a consensus on this one either because mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've said it, yeah, as, as Michael kind of alluded to, we've had a discussion about what we feel there is an opportunity for a media outlet to cover marketing because I think they exist. Mm -hmm. Marketing magazine to me is an advertising magazine. Like it, mm -hmm. they cover who's got what, like what advertising agency has got what client. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not in yet that world and it makes no interest to me, but you know, hearing what tools are out there, uh, what people in my field are switching jobs is, is of interest to me. Although I do feel like that's kind of, dead for magazines because LinkedIn has kind of taken over that world. Um, but yeah, I feel there is opportunities there, like how to scale up in your, your job and get a promotion in marketing specifically. I think there's opportunities for too. And I, I try to, even with like the panel discussions and the podcast, I try to cover that as much as I can and try to make it uh, accessible for your marketing coordinator or specialist because you, you do go to these conferences and they're, they talk so like high level that it doesn't matter. Um, mm -hmm. It's good to bring it down and uh, talk about like your day-to-day. -day. And that's like for some of my winners, I'm like, all right, does this affect me day-to-day? -day? Or is it mm -hmm. just like this high topic that actually doesn't affect me at all? I so. think that's a great point. I actually, I find it interesting that as I've progressed in my career, it's actually been more easy to be a part of these like conversations and have talks but like to I remember first starting out it's like gosh where do I get the information where can I have a conversation where can I find this where do I 
uh, go for all that. So I love what you're saying there about, you know, thinking about the, the coordinators and people that are more new to the, the industry. Yeah. So that brings us to the end. I had a lot of fun doing this. Um, challenging at times, but uh, like <laughs> I, I, I think this was, I think this worked out in the end. And I, I appreciate you guys coming on board, especially on late notice. I know I didn't give too much and it was a lot of schedules to move around. Um, so I do appreciate that. But hopefully we can all reconvene in a year. <laughs> <laughs> see how our answers did and uh yeah. what we would predict for uh 2022 <laughs> bring back uh bring back travel and tourism yeah uh, we'll i see. agree absolutely we'll, we'll see who the winners are but uh thanks again for joining us but uh if anyone wants to get in touch uh chanel where, where should they find you Ah, uh, you can find me of course on linkedin um, and i'm also on uh, twitter and instagram as well and michael yep so you can find me on linkedin as well Perfect. All right. Thanks again. Uh, and I hope you guys have a great holiday season and New Year's. And uh, hopefully next year is better than uh, this one's been. Thank you. Thank you so much.